Welcome to the St. Elias Report, where evil and heresy are exposed by the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ through sacred scripture and tradition of the one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I am your host and humble servant of God, George Anthony. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by thy power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the renation of souls, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good day, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, men of goodwill, separated brethren, brother Catholics, brother Orthodox, all Christians. I greet you on the joyous feast of St. Michael the Archangel. This is being recorded on September the 29th, 2023. As you know, I usually don't give the date and the time because the messengers are supposed to be universal. However, we have a situation coming up in our church called the Synod on Synodality, which is supposed to be a meeting of the fathers of the church, the bishops and the cardinals, and some priests, to discuss doctrine and the things of God. This synod is supposed to be, well, a synod in general. Let's let's just give those who don't understand what we're talking about education and then tell you what we're going to talk about today. A synod is supposed to be a meeting of bishops and high-ranking clergy clergy members and those selected by the Pope. They're generally cardinals and bishops. However, there are certain priests that are invited as uh, experts in the field of theology, morality, uh, canon law, and such. So it's generally the fathers of the church, meaning, you know, the the, the clergy. Not lay people, not nuns, not other uh, women or men religious, not monks, but all ordained priests all the way up to the Pope himself. And generally in a synod, it could be a, a general synod. It could be a synod of a locality. So you could have a synod, let's say, for uh, Massachusetts, all the bishops in Massachusetts. You could have a synod for the United States, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. You could have a synod, a world synod, such as we're going to have uh, coming up in October 3rd and going all the way, I believe, until next October Uh, 2024. And that's what we're going to talk about, the current synod of bishops, non-bishops, Protestants, you name it. He invited them. Who's he? Our Holy Father, Pope Francis. So I'm going to call this episode something in the rounds of the synod on stupidity, the non-synod on synodality, the non-synod or the synod on synality. I just coined a phrase there by the power of the Holy Spirit. Basically, this seems to be like a who's who of heterodox and 
Catholic teaching, opposing people, and those who aren't even Catholic, and some morons and, and, and others in the Catholic Church who actually oppose the Bible itself. I, I can't even believe I have to make this podcast thinking that, you know, we're in such a time where the fathers of the church, or at least some of the fathers of the church, it seems like most now, doesn't it, everyone? But the father, fathers of the church are going to discuss some things such as ordaining women to the diaconate, women deacons. The purpose of a deacon is to assist a priest. And the purpose of a deacon is to later, if possible, transition to become a priest. So how does that even make any sense to anyone? They're also going to speak about Holy Communion for divorced, civilly divorced, and civilly remarried individuals. Well, the Catholic Church, for those who don't know, there is no such thing as divorce. The words of marriage, until death do we part, are very meaningful. They mean what we say. Those words are not just some nice words off of a soap opera. They're words that marriage is indissoluble. It is indissoluble by the state and it is indissoluble by the church. So people who get a civil divorce means that they get uh, a divorce on paper by uh, the county, the state, or whoever issues these divorce. But in the, the church, we do not recognize them. So it means we still recognize that men and women are married till death do they part, no matter what. Okay, so whatever the state says makes no difference. However, in, in real time society, we have people that do get a divorce. Okay, and they get, quote unquote, civilly remarried or in some Protestant denomination or Orthodox uh, church that will allow someone to do so. What the Catholic Church says is the man or woman that you are first married to, you are married to to life. Regardless of the circumstance, you are married to them to life. If you meant what you said at the altar and took the vow in front of God and your fellow neighbors and your family members, you are married for life. Oh, he beat me. Oh, he. you're married. Now, can you live apart, away from craziness? Yes. Can you be separated? Yes, absolutely. You'd be separated. That doesn't mean you can go and have another man and woman to have a relationship with or to have sex with. Let me be very clear. The circumstances of someone else's sin don't give you the ability to then go and sin. Yes, it is a sin. So if you are remarried, quote unquote, civilly, but were married in the eyes of the church, you are committing adultery with that person you're living with who you now call your wife. Listen, I know many different people who have done so. I'm not passing judgment. I'm giving the Catholic Church's stand on it, the stand that I believe, and I have no problem with these people uh, as far as uh, what they're doing in, in, in the confines of their own homes. Okay, I don't believe in it. I don't condone it. I don't participate in it, but I'm not judging. I am saying that these individuals cannot receive Holy Communion because they are committing continual sin. If they are living with someone other than their original, I should have to even say the word original, the man and woman that they married first, period. End of subject. You could have been married for that person to for three minutes and 42 seconds and got a civil divorce in the court. And now you've been married to someone 50 years and have 20 children. God bless your children and God bless your family. But that person is not your husband or wife. I'm just got to put it out there. All right. So 
The Synod will also tackle uh, communion, Holy Communion, which is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given to people who are unworthy, such as practicing uh, LGBTQ, uh, civilly divorced and civilly remarried uh, couples, and women deacons, possibly women priests. Oh, and the blessing, the blessing of non-marriages. They're calling them non-marriages, but we all know that what, what they're trying to do is set up a, a, a ridiculous uh, ape of the church kind of marriage, meaning that they're trying to set up a pseudo marriage between LGBTQ people. So what they're doing in Germany right now is they're blessing gay unions. Oh, it's not a marriage union. It's just a gay couple that love each other. Okay. One, love is not carnal lust. Okay. Two, love is not sin. And the definition of love is God. So you cannot bless sin. They're doing it in Germany um, under the auspices of the church, but God is going to have none of that. So this synod is going to talk about all these ridiculous non-Catholic things. And to uh, go a little deeper in, into, into who's participating, it seems like Pope Francis has invited only a couple of Orthodox, I don't mean the religion Orthodox, I mean strict adherent Catholics, maybe two or three, just to look good. And the rest of them are a bunch of, I was about to curse. I was about to do it. Lord have mercy. Hold my tongue. About a bunch of clowns, a bunch of LGBTQ supporting clowns, homo erotic supporting clowns, women priest and deacon supporting clowns. Clowns. I don't know what else to say. These people want to be fathers of the church. It's more like your closeted brother-in-law or or your 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 uh, sister of the church. These aren't fathers of the church. These these people are like like your your really weird uncle of the church. We need men. Where where are the men at? Oh, they're in the laity. I forgot because the clergy at large, has been taken up by, by the homo mafia and everybody else who wants to bleed the church of any dignity, honor, and respect. There are very good bishops out there. I commend the bishops, the priests, the clergy, the deacons, uh, all, all, the, all the cantors, the laymen and women who assist in the church. I commend you if you are orthodox if you are, you, are, you are straightforward, you are traditional, you are conservative, you are Bible-believing, Bible-loving, I commend you. But let's be honest. Our bishops, our supposed apostles, they're, they're you know, descend, I should say, a descendant of the apostles, are, are a bunch of limp-wristed, uh, nail-polish-wearing, you know, closeted weirdos. Well, there's a lot of them. There, there's a whole list of them, and I'm not going to go sit in here and go down the list. I, I did that in a, in a previous podcast. But what I am going to do is I'm going to call out the morons, the weirdos, and the clowns, and the the limp wrist, uh, limp limp wrist closeted ones that that are being that are being drawn to the synod or being called to the synod by our Holy Father. It's it's a ridiculous thing. Not one. Well, I shouldn't say not one because there are a couple, but the 95 percent of these people are not even Catholic. They're probably already excommunicated themselves by the teachings of canon law and Holy Catholic Church. 
I can't even believe that we're, we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about nonsense that this is going to be deemed as Catholic. Well, I'm going to show you, ladies and gentlemen, later on in this show, this, this is no way, shape or form Catholic. This, this is this is a total disgrace. This is an undermining, undermining of the body of Christ. This is just this is nonsense. So let, let's talk about who Pope Francis has invited to the Synod on Synodality, as it's being called. Oh, and by the way, the, the, the theme of this whole bombastic, ridiculous mess is a listening church. Who are we listening to? Who are we listening to with these, these things that they're going to talk about? The world? The devil? The demons? The heterodox? The schismatics? The heretics? Who are we listening to? I can tell you right now, it's not the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I can tell you right now, it's not the message of the church fathers. I can tell you right now, it's not the message of the saints. I can tell you right now, it's not the calling of the angels. They're listening to the devil and sin and degradation and the world. And they, it, all they're concerned about is feel good in their man, fellow man's eyes and looking good to society, glad handling with pro-abortion politicians, making sure they get donations from the liberal Democratic Party, making sure they do the right thing by the United Nations, making sure that all the men and women in the world are pleased, but while the angels look down and cry. It's disgusting that these people are leaders of this, the church if they haven't already excommunicated themselves. So when they say we're going to speak about a li- we're going to speak about a listening church, are they listening to the gospel? Are they listening to the catechism? Are they listening to the message of saints? No, they're listening to the calls of people who are more involved inside of their own bedrooms and in their pants and in their underwear and in and, and, and what they think the church should be than what God tells us the church is. I am so disgusted when I read this article, which is the basis and the emergency broadcast of this podcast that I almost had to throw up. So let's just get right into it. And I'll go, I'll stop and comment on each one of these things because I have a, I have some knowledge on these, these individuals. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about uh, a lot of different things here with regards to uh, Bible verses that have um, been most helpful to me and should be most helpful to you with, with regards to combating stupidity. All right. So an article dated July 7th, 2023 in LifeSite News. If you don't know what LifeSite News out is, go check it out, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. LifeSite News is a very orthodox Catholic news reporting agency. It started many, many years ago uh, to combat abortion and other ridiculous things that were being, uh, I, I guess, adopted by some Catholic Catholic priests and things that, such as that. We, we, we didn't need to uh, worry about abortion. But what it's transformed into, LifeSite News, is basically another site like Church Militant. It's fighting the good fight. It's doing exactly what I'm trying to do. It's bringing to the forefront, to the attention of 
men and women of goodwill, Catholics, Christians, uh, believers of all, all, all kinds, what the disgrace and ridiculousness is in here in the United States, Canada, the Western world, and frankly, all over the, the world, and especially in the Catholic world. So in this article on Friday, July 7th, 2023, the title of the article is Pope Francis Picks Notorious Pro-LGBT Clerics to Participate in October Synod on Synodality. The name is even stupid, Synod on Synodality. Uh, the, the meeting on meetings. Wow. Take a note from corporate America, everybody. I feel like Apple wrote this. All right, so let's, let's just go right into it. There's a section called, Whom Has the Pope Chosen? There are 15 names among the Pope's personal choices for voting members of the Synod. They include cardinals, bishops, priests, and religious sisters. I, I have no idea why religious sisters are being in a synod. A synod is a meeting of bishops. I'm just, even this is ridiculous. I haven't got past one line and I'm already ready to, to like throw holy water on, on this. Among the most notable of the papal picks are, here we go with the notorious list. You ready? Bishop Stephen Chow, Society of Jesus. Yes, he's a Jesuit. The pro-communist Jesuit bishop of Hong Kong who has downplayed fears about the Vatican-China deal. Oh, okay, so let's just stop the commentary there. So this is a, a basically pro-communist Chinese bishop uh, who doesn't think it's a problem that the Vatican, a.k.a. the Pope, uh, made a deal with communist China to allow the Chinese government to pick and bless the bishops that would be ordained by the Pope. Basically, the Pope has given away his power of picking bishops that he would want, excuse me, picking priests that he wants to elevate to bishop and said, oh, Chinese government, do you approve? I'm sorry. The Pope is supposed to be the vicar of Christ, the, sitting in the seat of Peter, the king above all kings on earth until Christ comes back. But you're just going to kiss the you know what? of communist China and say, oh, you go ahead and approve the bishops. And if you like them, I'll go ahead and elevate them to bishop. Thank you for doing that. So I, I, I don't get it. Is, is, is the Pope the sovereign pontiff or is he just some slave of the communist state? Uh, unbelievable. That's the first one. Here we go. The second one. Archbishop Timothy Castoli. He's an anti-traditional mass bishop, bishop of Perth who has a key synod on synodality member, who's a key synod on synodality member, and who has shocked the Australian Catholics when he oversaw an indigenous pagan ritual at the beginning of the Fifth Australian Council's opening mass. I, I don't need to say any more here. Basically, in Australia, we know, we know they have uh, native pagan rituals because there's a native population out there who is not Christian, and this guy is basically just sitting in a chair overseeing it, kind of like the Pope did with the Pachimama idol from uh, Central and South America and just sat there and smiled and grinned while a bunch of these heathen – I can't even say heretics because they're non-believers. These heathen pagans worship this wooden statue that they said was supposed to be the Blessed Virgin Mary, but the Vatican later said it was not. She's naked with her breast being born and her stomach pregnant. Uh, with, with no clothes on, 
and this is supposed to be the Blessed Virgin Mary? Absolutely not. And they sit there and they and they and they say, "Oh, well, many different cultures have different representations." Yes, that's true. I've seen pictures of the Chinese version of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Jesus, the Greek version, the Arabic version, but they all represent they all represent the Blessed Virgin Jesus and the saints in a way that's respectful. There, there is no such respectful when you have nakedness, degradation, and sin, and you try to cover it up. And furthermore, you try to call something which is called Pachimama, Mother Earth, and try to like put Blessed Virgin Mary on top of that, and, and, like cover her up. Like you, you call a piece of bread a piece of meat. It is what it is. Your eyes don't deceive you. Don't don't be. Don't don't be fooled by stupidity. So we have that bishop. We have Cardinal Blaise Supich. Oh, good old Supich. He's the notorious Chicago Cardinal, known especially for his promotion of LGBTQ masses and restricting heavily the Latin mass. He has recently praised the Germ- German synodal way. What's a German synodal way? And I'll go back and talk about the rest of the stuff. It's basically the meeting of bishops in Germany that just decided that they're going to have women deacons and women's giving blessings at mass who aren't even priests, and where they're going to bless the gay unions in Germany. That's what the German bishops uh, did. This guy approves it. Let me tell you why he approves it. Because he's probably a closeted homo himself. God forgive me. I'm not trying to judge him. But there's been there's been multiple reports of this gentleman wearing nail polish clear nail polish. There's been multiple reports of him turning his back on the church when it comes to things like Eucharistic processions throughout his city, which is going to be in the Eucharistic conference coming up, but allowing the stupidity of gay masses. There is no such thing as a gay mass. There's no such thing as a clown mass. There's no such thing of any other mass except the mass of Jesus Christ, the, the representation of the Lord on Calvary, the worship of the one true God. But this guy seems to think that these themed masses, these homo masses, and all this other stuff where you say, let us give each other a sign of peace. You have two men sticking their tongues in each other's mouth. How dare he? Oh, but he's in the he's he's part of the, the Senate on Synodality. But he wants to restrict women and men from attending the traditional Catholic mass, uh, your eminence, Blaise Supich, because... You know, we have to be in line with Rome. Well, if Rome is out of line, if the Vatican is out of line, if the Pope himself is out of line with the Holy Gospels, then I don't want to be in line with them. I will respect them for the position that they hold. I respect Cardinal Supich for the position that he holds. But far be it from me to obey. Some doctrine that they've made up and it doesn't come from the gospel and tradition. If it doesn't come from the gospel and tradition, just because you tell me to jump off a cliff, I'm not doing it. Ridiculous. Nail polish wearing homo overseeing mass bishop. Disgusting. Next one. Cardinal Joseph the or I should say Joseph the Kessel. He's he's from Brussels. He's a archbishop from Brussels. He signed and approved the notorious document by his fellow Belgian bishops promulgating blessings for same-sex couples and their subsequent ad lima visit with Francis. Months later, de Kessel said that the meeting was 
invariably warm, and that the Belgians had not been admonished for their document. I'll just spend a couple minutes on this. So this Belgian bishop basically was part of the, the, the meeting of bishops and clergy out in Belgium. We're talking about blessings for, for couples in sin, and he met with the Pope, and the Pope didn't say anything. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going, Joseph. Just, just keep on blessing all the ridiculous sin. Good for you, Joseph. That's what he got from the Pope. Good job, Pope Francis. Ridiculous. I don't know who I'm more mad at, the bishops, the Pope, or the lot of them. I, I feel like you're, you're in a sea of degradation, and the walls are closing in. But you know what? I read the gospel, and the gospel gives me joy. Jesus knew this was going to happen. My man knew this was going to happen. The Lord literally told the apostles, this is going to happen. We shouldn't be surprised. And you know what? Throughout history, ladies and gentlemen, this, this kind of stuff has always happened. We've always had crazies and loonies in the church. I mean, we started with, with Judas Iscariot. But what else, what else are you going to say? The guy was right next to Jesus. He's seen him do miracles. He, he, had, he had the ability to confect the Holy Eucharist himself at the Last Supper. Jesus gave him that ability. He gave all the apostles that ability. He gave them uh, uh, the ability to preach and do miracles. And what's he do? He turns his back on Jesus and sells him out because Jesus wasn't moving at the pace of revolution that Judas wanted. And look what we have. The first apostate priest, the first apostate bishop. You know who these people are? These people aren't sons of the church. They aren't sons of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're sons of Judas. This is what the term Judas priest comes from. Have you ever heard that band, Judas priest? That's what they are, satanic, demonic, evil. Believable. Here's another one. Here's another one from the U.S. This guy, this guy's another, this guy's another piece of work. Cardinal Wilton Gregory. He's the current Archbishop of Washington, D.C., and he was raised to the cardinalate by Francis in 2020 with a long list of anti-family and anti-traditional actions. What they don't say here is he's also the friend of a molester McCarrick, ex-cardinal, defunct cardinal, boy-touching cardinal, pulling pants down cardinal, he's no longer cardinal, McCarrick. That's his boy. Those two, they're thick as thieves. Well, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So do demons. On to the next one. Cardinal Jean-Claude Holsrich. He is the realtor general, general of the Synod and recently appointed member of the Pope's Council of Cardinals. He is a prominently pro-LGBT cardinal who has previously claimed that he is, quote, in full agreement with Pope Francis on issues of opposing Catholic teaching on homosexuality. Hands down. I don't even know what to say. I'm just I dropped the mic right there. He's basically been quoted as saying the Pope believes like I believe. Cardinal Jean-Claude Holtzrich has views that are contrary to the deposit of faith on LGBTQ gay skill lifestyles. And he has no problem going to the media and says, quote, the Pope is in full agreement, unquote. I, I mean, wh- what do I got to say? Do I have to say anything else? Somebody's either a liar or even worse, it's the truth. 
Oh, good old McElroy. Here we go. Here, here's another one, everybody. Cardinal Robert McElroy, notoriously heterodox bishop, recently raised to the cardinal in 2022, who promotes Holy Communion for those in actively immoral LGBTQ lifestyles and those who have been accused. And, oh, I'm sorry. And he has also been accused by Bishop Paprocki and Schneider of having de facto excommunicating himself. I'll explain the last part of it. So two bishops, his brother bishops, have accused him of excommunicating himself without a pronunciation from the Holy Father, meaning that your actions can literally separate you from Christ and Holy Mother Church without a piece of paper or an announcement from the from the the Pope or from a from a bishop. So we have a non-bishop essentially. We have a non-bishop attending under the with the the clothes and the auspices of a bishopric. Wonderful. Here we go. Cardinal Oscar Andres Rodriguez Marguilla, former president of Pope's Council of Cardinals and advisors. He's a close uh, papal confidant. He's encircled by scandal for many years, including financial and sexual cover-up allegations. He's basically one of these people who just moves everybody around anytime a priest is found to, to you know, touch someone, pull his pants down, or steal money. You move him around. Yeah, move, move him around, Oscar. Good job, buddy. Here we go. Here is the one. If those weren't bad enough for you, this is the one that kills me the worst. This is the one that makes me want to just puke. I, I can't even... Those other guys are kind of like closeted LGBTQ homo lovers. They, they, they might be homosexual themselves. They might have a boyfriend that's homosexual, pun intended. But you know what? This one right here, this one t- takes a cake. Let me, let, me, let me pound my uh, hammer on this guy for a minute. Father James Martin, Society of Jesus. Yes, he's a Jesuit. You notice I got a lot of Jesuits running out in here. Uh, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, if you don't know what a Jesuit is, a Jesuit is an order of priests. It's a type of priest. You can go in different orders, the Marian order, Jesuit order, the Vicentians, uh, poor Clares. There, there's a whole bunch of them. They just have, they're supposed to have different types of prayer lives and different types of mission in the church to assist the faithful uh, in different. So the Vicentians, for example, go and feed the poor and help and help them do uh, uh, fundraising and, and sending charitable needs across the world. The Society of Jesus is supposed to be preachers, supposed to be preaching the gospel. Uh, the the Pope himself is part of the Society of Jesus. He's a uh, he he's a Jesuit priest himself, and a lot of these people, like Jean Claude Holdrich, are are from the Society of Jesus. Are are Jesuits? It's Father James Martin's job is supposed to be going preaching the gospel to the whole world. The gospel, not his gospel. So let's talk about Father James Martin, the notorious pro LGBT Jesuit also a member of the Dicastery for Communications. So he's basically a member of the office that has to do with papal and religious communications that go out through the world. He has enjoyed an increasing papal favor despite his long-standing record on promoting LGBTQ ideology in dissent from Catholic teaching. He has promoted an image drawn from a series of blasphemous homoerotic works showing Christ as a homosexual and promoted same-sex civil unions, and described viewing God as a male as damaging. So basically, he's okay with promoting LGBTQ lifestyles, attending LGBTQ events, seeing men tongue each other, women tongue each other. 
He's okay with writing books saying the church is wrong. He's okay with, with the being disrespectful and saying that we should not view God as male, although Jesus Christ is God and Jesus is a man. And he is fine with depicting Jesus, the Lord and Savior, as a homosexual active man. This guy is in the synod. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This is this is below ridiculous. This is to the this is to the nth degree stupid. So let's continue on. As reported in April, Pope Francis has made changes to the organizational structure of the synod, meaning that for the first time, lady will have voting rights in the assembly of bishops. He has personally selected. 70 non-bishop members. That's it right there. So besides the morons and the homo-closeted weirdos that you have that I named previously, you have 70 non-bishop members. I'm okay if they're priests and they're deacons because that's been the history of the church to have clergy invited as special counsel. But basically you got a bunch of scientists you got you got a couple of uh, Protestant ministers. There's a guy from the uh, Evangelical Church. There's a guy from the Baptist Church. There's one from uh, all, all these different "quote unquote" denominations. I'm sorry, but when's the last time a Catholic, not that we want to be, was invited to a bishop's conference of the denomination the of Southern Baptist? or First Baptist, or Evangelical, or any of the other so-called denominations that are out there. First of all, we don't want to be. And second of all, they wouldn't because our doctrine, our real doctrine, our core doctrine, our doctrine from Jesus Christ himself is pretty much abhorrent to a lot of these, these conferences of, of their bishops, their quote-unquote bishops, and their, and their, and their councils. They don't, they don't want us there, and we don't need to belong there. If the Catholic Church believes that it holds the keys to the kingdom, and it believes that it holds all truth within the gospel as given to Peter through the keys of the kingdom by Jesus Christ, you are Peter, and upon you, this rock, Petros, meaning Peter, I will build my church, and to you I hand the keys. That's it. I mean, if we believe that, why do I? Why do I care? I meaning Catholic Church or Catholic believer or Catholic bishop or Catholic pope. Why do we, I, the general I, care what they have to say? They meaning the world. They meaning the LGBTQ. They meaning anyone else except the gospel and Jesus. We're not here to serve just the people. Jesus Christ said the poor will always be with us, but I'm here with you a short time. Was he saying you shouldn't help the poor? No, he was giving example that there will always be things here in the world to pay attention to, that there's plenty of time to pay attention to things of the world. But Christ is the thing you need to pay attention to solely. That's 100% your eyes on the cross, your eyes on the foot of the cross. The bloody corpse that is Jesus, that he gave his life for us, that we will have salvation, that he would save us from sin. But what are you doing? What are you doing, bishops? 
What are you doing, Holy Father? What are you doing, Cardinals? You're going to go meet about things that have no bearing. Oh, I'm sorry. They have a lot of bearing on your soul, but they have no place in the Catholic Church. There's no room for sin in the Catholic Church. Yes, each one of us is sinful, including myself, and there's no problem with individual sinners. But when you try to drag someone into hell with you, when you try to drag the old lady that doesn't have catechesis, when you try to drag the young man who's just coming up and doesn't understand catechism from anything else, you try to drag these people into hell with you by making the quote-unquote church, which is just another uh, code name for you know uh, the walls of the Vatican, unholy. And by the way, I'm going to show how we don't need the Vatican itself, and we don't need the structured walls and the synods in order to be Catholics, or to be Christians even. But when you do that, bishops, priests, and other folk, what you do is not just personally sin. You are trying to bring people in to sin with you, to say that the Catholic Church believes in such nonsense, and it does not, because the Catholic Church was given to us by Christ himself from the gospel. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, Christ said. So if people out there are believing, unfortunately, that whatever the Pope and the Cardinals say is the Catholic Church, it's a wake-up call for time for education. The Church itself is a spiritual entity. It is not composed of men. It is not composed of buildings. It is not subject to men, and it is not subject to buildings. What does that mean? It means that the deposit of faith, the things that we believe, come directly from Scripture, Holy Gospel, and tradition, the ways of the apostles. That's it. If anyone goes away from those, I don't care what robe they wear, what cross around their neck they wear, what title of Holy Father, Pope, uh, Bishop, Cardinal, Deacon, Patriarch, it doesn't matter. Those rules are not of God. They are from Satan himself, and you were to oppose them in good standing. You were to respect their position, but you do not, are you not called to sin? In other words, I respect you as the Pope, I respect you as the Cardinal, I respect you as the priest, but I will not obey you if you are not obeying Christ. There's ridiculous to even think just because of a man's position that he makes up the church. This has happened many, many times in history. It's happened in China. It's happened in the United States where people go, oh, look, the church is changing. The church will never change. The book is closed. The gospels are written. The holy scriptures are closed. Revelation is done. The, the tradition has been founded over 2,000 years ago and sealed with the blood of Christ. There is nothing under the sun that can change that. So what all you little fancy cardinals and fancy bishops, and I'm not talking about the men and women, excuse me, well, there are no women bishops, thankfully, yet, and, and there will never be, but what they'll, they'll probably try to call them women bishops. Let me get back on uh, one subject. But the men of goodwill and the cardinals and the bishops of goodwill, we're not speaking about them. We're talking about these, these, other, these other folks. They have no authority to change anything in the church, and they can never change anything in this church. To the uneducated, 
to the doubting, to the people who believe that the church is human and that the church is an organization that you can join uh, at will is, is not is not what the church is. The church is a body of believers who follow the Lord Jesus Christ and the traditions passed down by Christ and the apostles, period. All the rest of the structure was put in place so we wouldn't stray from the original. Once it strays from the original, those people have excommunicated themselves, removed themselves from the body of Christ. They are now schismatic and heretics. And I don't care what title they have. I do not care what robe they wear, what crosses around their neck, what they sign their documents with, what house they live in, what ring is on their finger. So I give a warning to the faithful to not think that the Catholic Church is going down the tubes. No, this is what Bishop Fulton Sheen said. If you don't know who Fulton Sheen is, please look him up. He was a very, very, very holy bishop in the United States who talked about something called the ape of the church, meaning a mirror church, a fake church that would set itself up in all the places that the church currently holds itself. In other words, you would have people sitting in the, in the chair of Peter, the Pope. You would have people sitting in the chairs of uh, the bishoprics, the bishops. And you would have people sitting in the chairs of cardinals, the cardinals, that would not follow the gospel, that would set themselves up as a church separate from the church. I know this is confusing to some people who are not understanding. I, under, I, I understand where you're coming from. Basically, all I'm saying is the church is a spiritual thing. It is not reliant on men. It is not reliant on buildings. It is not relying on the message that your your unfaithful priests give you. It is not relied on anything that comes out of the synod on synodality. It is reliant on the book called the Holy Bible. It is reliant on the traditions that are in canon law. It is reliant on the things that are in the catechism. Anything that is done from this point on or that has been done against those things, against the gospel itself, isn't Catholic. They can call it Catholic all they want. CNN, Fox News, uh, Al Jazeera, BBC can call it whatever they want to call it. They can continue to call it the Catholic Church has blessed gay marriage. They can continue to report on that this bishop is now marrying a gay man. They can say that Father Jane and Father Mildred, they're not Catholic. It's not Catholic. It's not Catholic. It's not Catholic. At that point in time, you will see and you will know the tree by its fruit. Meaning that if you see sin, it's sin. Don't call it good. So it doesn't make up our church. We should not be worried that sins of men and messages that are against the gospel make up the Catholic Church. We have the deposit of faith. We have what Jesus gave us. Stick to it. Even if every church in your area, and I mean small C, uh, uh, brick and mortar, St. John's, uh, St. Mary's, St. Mildred's, whatever, every church in your area you go to when there's a woman priest, don't go. It's not Catholic. Pray in your home, or try and make the journey, if you're able-bodied and you're not crippled, to a church that does not have such things. I'm telling you, men and women, 
we're going to be infiltrated even more by the devil. The devil has entered inside the walls of the Vatican and the council, and it is coming. Do not be surprised. Do not believe that is the the, the, the tradition of Catholicism. There's not the attrition of the apostles. This is something that is being taken and, and, and being set aside for worldly needs, worldly worldly solutions to, to sin. These are not what, what the holy councils were meant for. These are not meant what the holy synods were meant for. This is a bunch of men trying to push their idea of society on the rest of us, and they're going to mask it as a, a synod of holiness. It's not. Do not despair if you see in the next year's gay couples being married in the, in the, in the what's, what, what was once the Catholic Church. I stutter because I cannot even fathom seeing such a thing. I tremble and I quake with, with, with being in front of the Blessed Sacrament when we go to Mass. I could not even imagine such a thing, such a disrespect happening in, in, in the temple of God, in the house of God. I, I, I can't even get it into my brain that such a thing happened, but they're going to allow it. At that point, that temple has been desecrated, that house of God has been desecrated and needs to be cleaned. It needs to be cleaned. So don't despair if you start to see openly gay priests more. Don't despair if you start to see what they're calling women priests. They're not priests. Don't be fooled. Women deacons, they're not deacons. You could wear the robe of a priest and a robe of a deacon. It doesn't mean you are one. Do not despair if all the churches, small c, the parishes, I should say, around you start to promote such nonsense. I speak to you, my brothers and sisters, from the depths of my heart. Contact me. I will help you. I will personally make it my mission to help every single one of you, whether you're here in the United States, Canada, whether you're in a state far or near to me, whether you're in a country across the border, or across the sea. I am here to help you guide, get guidance through this. I have no mandate from Jesus Christ. I have no mandate from the Holy Spirit. I'm just a well-meaning dad and father trying to guide my family and realize that I have a lot to say because there's people out there that are confused, people out there that are trembling in fear, people out there that are lonely, and people out there that are wondering what's happening to their church, Christianity and the country and the countries as a, at large. So I realize that I have a voice for such things and that I need to speak up and no longer just sit behind a computer screen and be mad, but to give my voice and give my soul and give my talent and give my understanding and give my knowledge to Christ so he can use me in whatever way he sees fit. If tomorrow he decides to burn all my computer equipment and, and, and silence me, so be it. But until that day, I'm going to spread the gospel and I'm going to try to help you guys. So it's not just me preaching at the bad people and preaching to the good people. This is me. I'm extending my hand inside the podcast. There is the email address. Inside the podcast, you will see also the website. You will see the Twitter account. Get in contact with me any which way you can, whether you're on Apple, whether you're on Google. Get in contact with me. I'm here to help you. This is not just a podcast so I get ratings. Trust me, we don't have that many followers. That is not my point. My point is that these messages get out to the faithful and they spread these messages. 
I'm not concerned with whether I have one, 20, 200, 2 million, 300 million followers. And I'm not really concerned if I get canceled. Because if you know, and you listen to other podcasters, they're so concerned with talking about the rainbow agenda, the Skittles agenda. I'm going to say it right now. Gay agenda, homo lifestyle. If you don't like what I have to say, cancel me. I'll find a different way. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is my witness, the Blessed Virgin Mary as my mantle, I will continue to say what I need to say in plain language, and I'm not going to worry about anyone else canceling me. I will not sit here like other podcasters, and I know they mean well, and I know they're very concerned with their ratings, and they're very concerned. I know they're concerned with the Catholic Church, but they seem to have a sliver of them concerned a lot with being canceled. So they can't say gay. They can't say homo. They can't say LGBTQ. They can't say degradational lifestyle. They can't say any of these things. They code it in language that we're supposed to understand like rainbow and LG, uh, excuse me, rainbow and Skittles. Last time I checked, the rainbow was a covenant of God given to Noah to say that he would never destroy the world again. It's not a cover because you don't want to say the word that you need to say. So don't worry. If I'm canceled, I'm canceled. If I have to go out on the street with a Bible and preach, God help my wife. (laughs) She'll, She'll love that. I'll do it. But right now, this is the venue that God the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ have given me with the mantle of the Blessed Mother. And I'm going to use every last drop of saliva I have to to give you what we need to get out there. We need to get out there the truth. We need to admonish the sinner to correct the sinner, including myself and others. We need to set straight the path of Holy Mother Church, and we need to hang in there and support each other. That's what we need to do. Because without the support of each other, this podcast is meaningless. This isn't here to make me money. I don't make a dollar off of this. In fact, it probably costs me more money and time to produce with uh, my brothers, Victor and David, who've supported me through this, than it does bring me anything except joy that I'm able to share with people the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, what I want to do with you guys now is I want to share some verses from the Holy Bible and explain to you how God knew in Christ Jesus that this was going to happen. And then he gave us some warnings. And I'm going to read and explain each one of these to you. From Matthew 7, verses 15 to 20. The Lord says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You know them by their fruits. The grapes are gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? No. So every sound tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears evil fruit. A sound tree cannot bear evil fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. What does that mean? That means if a teacher is teaching you bad He is a bad teacher. There is no other excuse. A bishop who teaches evil is evil. A priest who teaches evil is evil. A cardinal who teaches evil is evil, period. And he is being judged by God himself, not by me. This isn't the gospel according to Matthew of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I said, it is the gospel according to Matthew by the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not the gospel of George. So when the Lord says, you shall know a teacher by his teaching, the tree by his fruits, blaze supage, suppose it cardinal, you teach evil, you are evil. The Lord has called you out, not me. Father, so-called James Martin, you teach about LGBTQ being okay, about gay men loving each other being okay. You teach evil. You are evil. The Lord has called you out, not me. Then again in Matthew 23, verses 11 through 16. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall the saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by Ben. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. All right, that's heavy. Let's, let's break this down. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you for all and utter all things against you. Basically, we're going to have to go through some suffering. Lord Jesus Christ is promising us heaven when we stand up for him. The next verse says, rejoice and be glad. Your reward is great in heaven. He's not saying down here, ladies and gentlemen. He's saying up there. So if you really believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be willing to suffer through this insanity craziness of the on the sin of the synodality and all the other junk that's coming out our rewards in heaven it's not here we're gonna have the little suffering here and and the only way we can suffer well is when we suffer together we we bind together when we 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 come together as the body of christ and jesus said where one or two is there so for i am he's not leaving us alone he's given us instruction we got the vcr manual instructions yes i said vcr shows my age i know we got the we got the the DVD instruction manual. We got the, the, the Xbox instruction manual. We know how to operate this. We know how to operate the church. He's given us everything we need. Stop listening to the CNN and the, and the Al Jazeera and the BBC. Stop listening to that. Forget about that. Forget about all these idiots that, that put on their clerics, their, their, their fancy garb, and tell you this is the message from Christ. Stop. We know what it is. Follow the good priests. Follow the good bishops. Follow, follow the, those that, that hold... The sanctity of the church, the sanctity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the holiness inside of their heart. This is what we need to do. Let's go on. And he says to us, you are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hid. He's basically saying, don't let men put you down. You have the word. The, the, you are set apart from the world. While all the sin and degradation is going on, you are going to be the only one, maybe in your family, in your community, in your country, maybe, if it gets that bad. But your light cannot be, it, it cannot be doused out. It's put on a lampstand, not under a bushel. That all men will see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. You have to be the one. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I was tired of, frankly, 
other podcasters doing a pretty good job, in my opinion. They're very educated, and I should say more educated than me. We have doctors and master's degrees, but they're concerned about saying things plainly. They're concerned about old-fashioned preaching. Preach, teach, say it. You get canceled, forget about the computer. You don't need the computer. You don't need the podcast. Go out on the street and do it. Because if the only thing you can do is preach in your house, behind your laptop computer and your microphone, then it's, it's a sham. If they cancel me after this podcast, the hell with them. I will go out on the street and preach it. I will preach it in the church. I will preach it to the priest himself if, he, if, if he's heterodox, if he's a heretic. I'm not concerned, but this is the quickest way that I can get the message out of Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Gospels and, and the deposit of faith worldwide. But if I have to go soul body soul and stand outside the mall and do it, I'm going to do it. Praise be to God, give me the strength and the courage, which I don't have now. I will do it. I will find a way to get this message out to everyone. But that's what he's saying. You have to do things like that. Even if you go talk to your fellow man, your fellow woman at work, uh, uh, the guy at the grocery store, have a blessed day. Or hold the door for a lady and said, you know, Jesus loves you. Do something. Let's not hide. Take up space. Christ said it. Let's go to the next verse. These are all verses I've selected ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that are either going to explain that the Lord knew that stuff was going to happen or encouraging you to be strong, encouraging you to be steadfast. He knew stuff was going to happen. He's not going to let you burn the pits of hell if you follow the Holy Gospel. You follow the words he's given us in prayerful sincerity. You will be saved. You will be saved. Don't worry about these bishops. I'm telling you, don't worry about them. Yes, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Yes, it's, it's sinful. Yes, it's heretical. But do not worry. Do not worry, Christ said. He said, don't worry about the things for tomorrow. We have things for today to worry about enough. And yes, today is worrisome itself because we do have these things. But basically, that analogy means just pray for today. Just Feed yourself and your family for today. Just worry about today. Get on day by day. Christ is with you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I beg of you. Do not despair, brothers and sisters. Do not despair. Let's go to the next one. This is one of my favorites. Matthew 23, verses 12 and 16. And Jesus entered the temple of God and drove out all those who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna, son of David, basically calling him God. They were indignant, and they said to him, Do you hear what the, these, these people are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read, Out of the mouths and babes and sucklings, thou hast brought perfect praise? Let me explain to you what that means. Jesus went to the temple, the old Jewish temple, the temple of Solomon that was built to worship God, where had the Ark of the Covenant, the seed of God, where God himself was said to be able to communicate to men similar as he did to Moses on the holy Mount Sinai. 
and people are buying and selling goods. They're buying and selling. I'm not talking about the church bazaar that they sell, uh, you know, the things the kids make. I'm talking about they're selling animals to be sacrificed. The purpose of the temple was that you bring an animal as a shepherd or you bring something, uh, fruit or vegetables or some of your harvest. And basically, if it was an animal, you slaughter it, you kill it, and then it is burned on the altar and the smoke goes up to God. You are giving something to God. Or if you're not a farmer, excuse me, if you're not, a, uh, you don't have um, animals in your farm, you, you only have fruits and vegetables or, or whatever it is that you're, you're, you're raising, that you would take your first crop and put it on the altar and have it burned. People are like, oh, that's wasteful. No, that's sacrificial. The difference between waste and sacrifice is completely different. Waste is when you give something to the devil, essentially. You, you waste it. You have, a, a, you have some beautiful piece of food and you eat a piece of it and you throw it out. Not because you're allergic, because oh, it's disgusting, whatever. You don't go and offer it to someone else. Or wastefulness is different than sacrifice. Sacrifice is taking something, setting it aside, and giving it to God. Waste is you just throwing something away into the river, throwing something away into the trash can. So it's not wasteful. It's saying that, yes, I could use this. Yes, I could have it. But you know what? God is so much glorious that I give him this. So people were selling animals, and they were selling pigeons, and, and they were – because – Frankly, people were just lazy and they didn't want to bring their own stuff. So they come over and they, they buy a pigeon or buy a lamb and they're buying and trading. And it was like there's money changers. So there's people that aren't from Israel. They're from Samaria. They have different money. There's people from Africa. Uh, they have different coins and they're changing money in order, you know, money exchange in order that their uh, money be acceptable to the people who are who are uh, buying and selling animals. So it became a business. This is a house of prayer, a house of God, but you have made it a house of thieves, a house of robbers, he says. He drove them out. And then here, here's, here's the funny thing. The guys that are in charge, like their bishops of the day called high priests, which are called here the scribes and chief priests. So the Jewish tribes and chief priests came to Jesus and said, why, why are you uh, letting these people call you Hosanna, son of David, basically the Messiah, God himself? Why are you letting them call you that when you heal them? They're so blind and stupid that they forgot the scripture that says, out of the mouths of babes and suckling, thou hast brought perfect praise. Meaning, out of the mouth of the innocent people, the people who have nothing to prove, the people who have nothing to gain, the lowliest of people, they will give the praise to God, while you people in your fancy robes, the scribes and the high priest, sit around and have no idea what God is, but preach in his name. He was basically saying that this, this place of God is no longer a place of God. It has been completely rift with ridiculous sin. It happened then. It's going to happen again. If it was witness to Jesus, how better are we than Jesus that it's going to happen again? Be not afraid, my brothers and sisters. Be not afraid. Let's go to the next verse. Matthew 23, verses 13 and 14. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you traverse the sea and land to make a single postulate. And then when it becomes 
a follower, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Wow. That's what we're talking about right there. That's, hey, bishops, wake up. Wake up, soupage. Wake up, bishops. Wake up, cardinals. Wake up, Bishop Crow. Wake up, T- Timothy Castoli. Wake up, Bishop Joseph Kessel. You guys better wake up. Wake up, Wilton Gregory. Wake up, Jean-Claude Holsrich. Wake up, Bishop McElroy. Wake up, Bishop Oscar. Wake up, Father James Martin. Wake up, Bishop Tobin in Newark. God just called you out, son. Not me. Let me read it again. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. Hypocrites. You go out and try to make people followers of the kingdom of God, but then you teach them garbage, Jesus said, and you send them to hell because you're supposed to bring them to heaven, but you send them to hell with your teaching, with your garbage teaching. Jesus called you out. It's not me. I'm just reading what the Lord said. If this Bible didn't exist, I have nothing to say. I ain't got nothing to say. Nothing. You traverse land and sea to make a single posture. You go to the ends of your diocese, the ends of the earth, to seek men for your for the Catholic Church. And then you teach them garbage. Unbelievable. Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. Of course he did. He's God. I have no doubt. Unbelievable. He goes on to say in verse 27 and 28, still Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within they are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Bam! Drop the mic, Jesus. Drop the mic, buddy. Drop the mic. Y'all sit there in your fancy robes and your gold rings and your big cars and your you have your nice chancellery office and you have the bishop's house and you all look nice and holy and you go to mass and you confect the sacraments. But inside of yourself is evil and destruction and death. I mean, if you want any more confidence than this, I mean, I feel like the Lord is next to me. I feel like I'm surrounded by the angels and saints. Praise be to God. Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. I feel like the Holy Spirit is running through me when I when I read these things. Because, yes, I get upset. I read LifeSite News. I read Church Militant. I read all the different Catholic newspapers, the secular newspapers put on CNN, Al Jazeera, EWTN, all of them, all of them. There is less hope in the world than there is in the scriptures of Jesus Christ. If you don't want to read the Bible, fine. Listen to it. Get an app. It's going to help you out. Just play from wherever. And if you you need to, rewind this podcast. Yes, I said rewind. That's how old I am. Go back in this podcast and listen to the verses from the Lord himself by reading them. I'm giving them to you. There's many more, but I'm giving you the ones that are pertinent. Don't despair, brothers and sisters. I'm going to pray for you. Don't despair. Please, if this reaches one of you, may God help you. Let's go further down. Acts 20, verses 28 to 30. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. Jesus is talking to the 12 apostles right now. He's like, listen, y'all, listen, boys, 
I'm, I'm giving you instructions. I mean, this is, if this one isn't clear, I don't know what is. Let's go again. Take heed to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you guardians to feed the church of the Lord, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Wow. All that says is, hey, we know we got some jacked up bishops, cardinals, priests, and deacons. They're going to say some weird stuff. I know that this is going to happen. Just beware. Just beware. That doesn't make any sense what they're saying. It, it's the gospel, the book of Acts. These Bible verses are, are instructing the people of the day, and they're instructing us. They're letting us know not to despair. We should be joyful that we have some instruction. We're not out there by ourselves. Let's read letter, the first letter, excuse me, letter to Titus, verse one, excuse me, uh, first letter to Titus, verses seven to nine. For a bishop, wow, there's like real specific instructions on how to be a bishop right here. This is Paul talking to Titus. Titus was a, uh, a bishop. Um, I'm not really sure where, to be quite honest with you. But Paul was writing to Titus, and he's giving him instruction on how to be a bishop. For a bishop, as God's steward, must be blameless. Right. Let's just stop there. Blameless? Blay Supich? All these other people that we're mentioning? All these other uh, Wilton Gregory? All these other Bishop Tobin? No, no. Blameless? No, they're full of blame. For a bishop, as God's steward, must be blameless. He must not be arrogant huh, or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of goodness, master of himself, upright, holy, I'll repeat it, holy and self-controlled. He must hold firm to the sure word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to confute those who contradict it. Wow. He has to uphold doctrine, not change it. How are these people not reading this? These bishops and these cardinals and these priests, they're blind. It says, we were given the deposit of faith. Shut your mouth, do your job, and stop making up stuff. That's George's interpretation. I'll read it again. He must hold firm to the sure word as taught. As taught, period. Not interpretations, not extrapolations, not what, the, what, what you want to believe, your boyfriend wants to believe, your gay cousin wants to believe, your divorced sister wants to believe, your uh, mother-in-law who had an abortion wants to believe, your father-in-law who's sleeping with 15 people want to believe. What? The doctrine as it was taught. Unbelievable. Again, in verse 16, also Titus 1, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their deeds. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good deed. He's talking about the bishops who don't listen to the word of God, who don't preach the gospel. He's basically saying... If you're not teaching 
about Christ, you're unfit. You're unfit. You've essentially excommunicated yourself. And we have 2 Timothy 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure good sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings. Wow, does that sound like something today? And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. As for you, always be steady, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That was 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 to 4. That was an instruction from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, who I believe was a bishop or a leader in the church of some sort. He could have been a priest or a bishop. Regardless of what he was, that was instruction by the Apostle Paul to Timothy on how to be a good steward of the church. And he was telling him that there's going to come a time that people are not going to want to hear the truth, that they're going to want to hear stupidity, they're going to want to hear degradation and sin, and they're going to find themselves Father Martin, so-called, to preach it to them and say, oh, look, well, he's a priest, he's preaching it. The evil will find evil and the good will find good. We need to go find the good. So if you want to you want to hit me up with an email, I will try to put you in touch with some good Orthodox Catholic priests, bishops. I will get you some good materials to read. I will personally make it my mission to help you. Do not despair. Do not despair. Where one or two of you are, where one or two of us is, so therefore is Christ. Jesus said it himself. He promises to us. Let's Hold him to his promise, and let's support each other. I love you. I love you, my brothers and sisters. I speak to you directly. I speak from my heart. I speak to you. I don't know most of you. I know some of you. But I speak to you. I love you. And in sincerity and charity, do not despair. For the Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He is our God. He is our Father. He loves us. We don't need the buildings and the people to make the church. We are the church. If we have to retreat to our basements to pray the rosary, to read the Bible on Sunday, to have some kind of service because we can't find uh, a priest, a so-called priest that's not a woman or a so-called non-gay priest, we can do it. You're not sinning if you are fighting sin. You're not sinning if you fight sin. If you don't go to some heretical mass because there's a woman up there with the blessed sacrament, which isn't going to even be the blessed sacrament, by the way, because she has no power to confect it, you're not sinning. Don't get drawn in. You have two choices. You have two choices. You be the seed that be thrown on the fire and burned or the seed that is thrown into the field. And is is watered and nurtured by goodness. And, and, and sometimes we don't have any choice. We're led astray by these, these bad shepherds, these bad priests, these bad bishops. But I am hoping that the people that hear this spread the word of God from this podcast out into the world. Let me be the messenger for you. Let me help you read the Bible. Let me help you not despair. And we're going to close with this final Bible verse 
out of the book of Revelations 22, verse 27, 28. And I'll leave you with some final thoughts. And the apostle John writes, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if any one adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if any one takes away from the words of this book and prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Wow. John's heavy, right? Basically, John is saying, if you add to the prophecy, the tradition, and the scripture, God will add plagues to you. God will add judgment to you, severe penalty. And if you remove any doctrine and you remove any tradition, he will remove you from heaven or your share in heaven that's been set aside for you and from the tree of life. I don't know what else to say. John said it all. Don't add things that don't belong to doctrine like so-called gay marriage, so-called sinful lifestyles, uh, so-called women priests, makes no sense. Don't add. They can't be added because God was adding, will add judgment to you and will add plagues to you. If you remove doctrine, like the Lord is holy, thou shalt, you shall also be holy, or anything that the book tells us we should do, and that's removed, meaning that they don't preach it, God removes your share in heaven. God removes you uh, from the book of life. I mean, what else do you what else do you want to be told? I tremble to think that this is happening and that no one has read Revelation 22. No one's read any of these things. No, these are bishops and priests. But again, do not despair. Let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, sovereign King of the world, sovereign King of the Holy Church, we ask you, Lord, to send your Holy Spirit to the men and women, our brothers and sisters listening to this podcast, and all their families and those that they encounter, that the words coming out of my mouth shall be inspiration to them so that they can spread your gospel, the true teaching of the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. We ask you, Lord, to inspire each one of them with zeal and fervor, that they not be afraid, that they not go into hiding, that they speak that they become the light on the hill, that they inspire everyone who they meet by word, by action, and by deed. We ask you, Lord, to support them in these troubling times that come. We ask you, Lord, to protect us with your holy angels. We ask you, Lord, to send us to each other, to find each other in the sea of degradation and sin and darkness so that we can bind together because you have promised us where one or two of us so gather in your name that you will be. We ask you, Lord, to fulfill this promise. We ask you, Lord, for your blessings and graces upon us. We ask you, Lord, to surround us with holy angels, saints, and martyrs. We ask you to cover us in your holy blood. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I remind you, do not despair. The Lord is with us.
questions, comments, or concerns, please contact us at editor at saintelliasmedia.com. Also, please visit our website at saintelliasmedia.com where you will find updated articles and additional resources. The St. Elias Report is hosted by George Anthony. It is produced by Vic Hermanson. Our technical director is David Griffith. The St. Elias Report is owned and operated by St. Elias Media and is a Masabki Brothers production. It's